Hi, I'm Vanessa. I'm Elena. I'm Genesis. And I'm Cheyenne. And, and we're, we're Fulbright, Fulbright Latinx. Fulbright Latinx is an inclusive community that bridges the relationships between past, present, and potential Latinx Fulbrighters. Our mission is to highlight and celebrate our unique yet similar experiences and inspire more Latinx candidates to apply to the Fulbright program. With these efforts, we aim to paint a more accurate representation of our intersectional community to reshape global perceptions of U.S. leadership by elevating Latinx leaders that reflect the diversity of the world we actually live in. We hope that by centering our voices and increasing our visibility, Fulbright Latinx can offer a space where members of our comunidad see a reflection of themselves and are empowered to embark on a Fulbright journey of their own. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone, and thanks again for listening to Fulbright Latinx's Estamos Juntos or Estamos Juntos U.S. Latinx Alumni Speaker Series podcast. We are now here giving you your fourth episode, which is a very important and certainly not talked about topic, families abroad. Whether it's you and your partner or you, your partner and children or you and children, there are in fact previous alumni who have successfully gone abroad with their families, as you will hear in this panel. And their perspective and experience is so important because I think it really challenges the uh, dominant narrative or the common narrative that we hear about who's allowed to go abroad, even within our Latinx community, or who is able to go abroad. So we're really grateful for these panelists who are sharing their knowledge with uh, everyone else. And if you are in a similar position, then maybe this may inspire you to see which exchange program would make more sense for you and your various family members. Thanks so much again for joining, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Our panel is today going to be about having a family abroad, and that is super broadly defined. Um, we're really interested in just giving any information to if you have children and you're interested in going abroad, if you were abroad and you lived with a host family, um, it, how you kept in contact with your family abroad. And we're really excited to have all of our panelists and moderators here today. And so to take it away, I will give it to Jimena, our wonderful moderator for today. Hello, everyone. So, yes, so let me introduce myself. My name is Jimena Luna. I am currently doing a master's at the University of Georgia um, in Athens, Georgia. I'm doing Latinx studies. So hopefully I graduate in this May. Um, I did, I do have a little bit of experience studying abroad. So I did study abroad in my undergrad in Spain. Um, I went there for a summer. And then this past summer, I served a program assistant for the study abroad program in a UGA at the University of Georgia. So yeah, so that's a little bit about myself, but today it's not about me. It's not about the panelists. So we have three students here with us or four, no, three, three students with us today. So um, Diana, do you mind introducing yourself? Tell us a, bit, a little bit about yourself and then maybe your experience abroad. Thank you, Jimena, and thank you, everyone. Uh, I am happy to share in this space about having family abroad. And my name is Diana Ulloa. 
I am from Ecuador. Um, I am water engineer and I have been studying about water for a long time. So uh, nowadays I am studying or uh, doing a scholarship named Haber Humphrey Fellowship in Cornell University, uh, which is located in the New York State. And yes, my focus is on water management and this scholarship. Um, I am sharing this moment with my daughter. Her name is Valerie and she is 18 years old and also our dog and his name is Niaño. So this is my family and they are um, with me here doing this uh, one year process. The Fulbright in India from 2017 to 2018 and that was fresh out of college. So I was really young, um, my first job and I had a lot of experiences connecting with my family back home, meeting new people, things of that nature. While I was in college, I lived abroad in Cape Town, South Africa with a host family. And when I was in high school, I lived abroad in France, also with a host family. So I'm really excited to be here to share whatever experiences I have that might help you. Um, if you're looking to go abroad, if you're currently abroad without your family, I'm excited to continue this conversation. Thank you. Um, Jamie, do you want to share with us? Definitely. I love hearing that we have other mixed Colombians in the Zoom because same here. My mom's from Colombia. My dad's from Cuba. Um, and I was, you know, very, very close to home for college. And so when I finally went abroad, it was like the first time ever completely on my own. And I went to Spain in undergrad. I went to a really small town that was right across the water from Algeria. Um, and I lived there for almost a year. And then when I graduated college, it was sadly at the start of the pandemic during the shutdown. And I was a Fulbright finalist to go to Columbia. And sadly, the Department of State had to terminate the grant because of travel restrictions. So I didn't get to do my Fulbright in the end. But hey, I've been thinking about it applying again. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But other than that, um, when I was in college, I was the executive assistant of our study abroad office. So I was really familiar with sort of like all the different contracts and everything that the school had to do. So that was a really cool sort of like internal perspective about study abroad. But um, other than that, currently I'm finishing my master's. Um, 24 is still a very early career, but still thinking about going back abroad. So very happy to be here. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so let's start with the questions. Um, so the first questions, what challenges did you face was leaving abroad with your family or partner? And if you didn't take your family with you, um, what challenges did you face while leaving abroad in general? Whatever you want to share. Um, this is our second time uh, living abroad with my daughter and also um, Ñaño, our dog, was a gift when we were living in Costa Rica uh, when I was doing my master's degree. So I think um, we had this challenge always. And I, I think th this cultural understanding is something that we uh, need to face every time. But I don't think this is in the bad way. Uh, I think that this cultural, um, yes, approach and, and, and also feeling that you are part of a society bigger than your country or your city. 
it's a it's a big challenge because you need to understand that you are a citizen of the world and if you want to be this kind of citizen you should try to be empathy with other people and consider their culture as your and also yes have uh, learn about the, their behaviors and respect that and also follow uh, this cultural behaviors. Um, I think that for my daughter, sometimes it was a lot of things new, also words and expressions and maybe the way that you demonstrate uh, love or, or sometimes also when you have to also say hello I remember that uh, in Costa Rica all the people used to say uh, when you say hello they say pura vida and you don't know what to say after that because it's a it's a term that you <laughs> have never heard before in Spanish so uh, all these things uh, with the time started to have sense and I think this this challenge to offer overcome your previous knowledge and be part of this culture is, is, is something uh, good for, also for children and for adults, obviously, too. But in, in my daughter's case, um, she now can uh, share with a lot of people from different countries and understand them about how they uh, understand or see the world. So I think this one is one of the most important challenges. Definitely. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, the Buddha Vida, I relate a lot with that. I am from Mexico. My family is from Mexico. And going to Spain, I, I struggle a lot because I was like, okay, what? Like my Spanish is not the same. So I learned a lot from that too. Um, Jasmina, do you want to share with us? Sure, I'd love to. Um So like I mentioned, I went right after college. I was 22 years old when I went to India. And India is a country I'd never been to before. And something I didn't realize until I got there, apparently with a tan, I look Indian. I also didn't know that. Um, so my time in India started off really difficult. It was really hard for me. I think people there really assumed that I was part of the culture, that I knew what I was doing, that I understood everything that was being said when I didn't. Um, and these are struggles that I think I had a really hard time relating back to my parents at home because my parents, like I said, they themselves are immigrants. Um, they know how difficult it is to go to a different country and to establish a life and to get settled. And they didn't want to hear that their daughter was going through a difficult time, right? My mom probably like five or six times was like, just come home, just come home. And I was like, well, I also don't want to come home, mom. I just want you to hear me. Um, so I think throughout my time abroad, where, wherever I was, I had to really find a way to connect with my family back home, show them the highlights of what I was doing, be honest with the difficulties, um, but also make sure everybody knew that I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm okay. And if you're not okay, tell them, you know, like that's something that's also really important to be open with your families about as well when they're not experiencing what you're experiencing um, in your time abroad. So I think for me, I love my family. My family's really close. I thought it was also interesting that growing up, my grandparents were out of the country. So I kind of felt like I was living the life that my parents had been living with living away from their parents. So I felt like that helped me connect with my parents a lot. Um, but it was definitely difficult. I like hugs from my mom. I like her food. I like going on drives with my dad. So 
trying to balance those two things, being happy, being honest, um, but also if nobody needs to be worrying, make sure that nobody's worrying too much about you. Yes, definitely. And more for um, the Latino community. Family is really important, right? So that can be really hard, even for our parents more than anything. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jamie, do you want to share your challenges while you were studying abroad? Yeah, um, I definitely resonate with what uh, both uh, Diana and Yasmina shared about like being a citizen of the world and then also just like finding these new ways to sort of connect with your family. I felt that a lot um, because, you know, I was way more assimilated to the U.S. growing up and that wasn't an experience that like my parents shared with me and my mom, especially because she was around the age that I was when I went to Spain, like sophomore, junior year of college. She was that age when she came to the U.S. And so it was sort of this like full circle moment where I was like, oh my God, like I'm understanding my mom in a way that I never understood her before. And um, it was hard just like having the different kind of time zone differences, but there's something special about like when you're ending the day, like they're just starting it. And so when you send them a message, like those little moments are a little bit more meaningful. So I think it was really transformative, like overall having that kind of long distance relationship with my family for the first time. And like, it was definitely a learning lesson. Like at first I definitely had my like, you know, compact three months of abroad depression where I was like, oh my God, I'm really alone. Like, you know, in the world right now, like I, like not alone in the sense of like, there's not people around me that I can find support from, but like, whoa, this is the furthest away I've been from my roots and my community. And so like you go through all these different culture shocks, but it makes every time you do connect with someone so much more meaningful. And like this whole idea of like being a citizen of the world, like that was something I stepped away from it from like, wow, like I went across the world and like, I learned that there are good people everywhere. Like you just, you find them and you open yourselves to them. And yeah, it's just, it's that deeper kind of, you know, learning of human connection that um, I really loved from my abroad experience. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, so now we already talked about challenges, right? So what if we talk, what if you want to, what if you share with us like the best moment or experience that you can remember living abroad? Like a moment that you're like, okay, yeah, this was it. Um, you know, I know like we, I, I mean, all of us, including myself, like we went through a lot, like it's cultural shock, you know, it was ups, downs. Um, but what was one moment that you still remember? You're like, okay, yeah, this was like the best moment of my experience. And I don't want to call names, so whoever wants to share first. Ooh, I can quickly share. Um, I, I didn't choose to have like a host family. And so um, I was like in student apartments and I ended up learning that I was like, oh, you know, it would be kind of nice to have like a family out here. And randomly, it was just sort of like a blessing through Airbnb. I like highly recommend doing like rooms, like looking for rooms in people's places, not looking for like your own apartment. Because you meet some of the kindest people that are like running Airbnbs out of their apartments, like all over the place. And um, when I did that, there was like a beach town really close to where I was. And I like found this one family from Airbnb there. And it ended up being that like for the rest of my semester they kept inviting me back to their home and I wouldn't have to pay you know and so I like found my own family just that way and that was definitely like the highlight for me where I was like oh wow like I found community just from like you know getting online over here oh that's amazing thank you for sharing that with us 
Who else wants to share? I could share a moment. Um, sometimes when you live abroad, you go to a culture that is just so different. You know, I went to India being like, I got this. I've been to Colombia. I've been to Lebanon. I've been to a lot of countries around Europe. I was like, I understand. I can do what I need to do here. The culture was something so different from anything I had ever experienced before in my life that that's kind of probably what made the first few months so difficult because it was hard to relate to people. I didn't know the language. But, you know, as time passed, I learned the language. I started connecting more with people. And probably the highlight of my entire year was the first time a student invited me back to her house after school. And I went and I had dinner with her family. And on my way back out, I started realizing all of my students, I was only teaching girls. So all of my girls lived in the same neighborhood. And so I walk out. And by the time I had even gotten to my first student's house, they all knew that Yasmina Mem was in the neighborhood. So I walk out and like literally my girls just like on their porches being like, come to my house next, come to my house next. And I feel like that moment for me was a big step forward and, and definitely a turning point in my year in India and, and kind of what I give, what I contribute to being like the most special moment because it started this like waterfall of like another student's house every day and beautiful conversation and good food and so that for me was probably the most special moment in India. Oh, so that's so beautiful to hear. <laughs> Diana, do you want to share with us? Yes, thank you, Jimena, and thank you for sharing Jasmina and Amy. Um, I think that I can remember um, my two best moments, maybe one uh, when we were living in Costa Rica and another which was recently. So I think the first one was when my dad there was seven years old. We were living in this place in Costa Rica, which is a university and usually live inside a university. So everything is inside the campus, also the school. So my dad should go to the school by bicycle. But before we were living in the city and nowadays it's difficult for children to learn to ride a bike in the city because it's dangerous. There is a lot of cars, a lot of things like that. So she didn't know how to use a bicycle. And she was crying for maybe two weeks saying that I, she didn't like to ride the bicycle. But the day that she went by bicycle to school. It was so nice for me looking at her being free. And after that, she could go everywhere alone because this was a, a so safety place. And I, I was so proud of her. And yes, I think this is, this is maybe the one most, uh, important moment for me. And maybe the next one was when she came to the United States because you know that um, this scholarship uh, from Fulbright don't allow you to bring your family with you when you start the scholarship. So you should wait a month and we should wait <laughs> two months also. And yes, uh, she should came along with our dog. So it was a difficult trip. And when she arrived here in the New York City and in the airport, even if she's 18 years old, it's a big girl now, 
uh, she started to cry and hug me and say, like, I, I was missing my mommy. <laughs> and I said, oh, I am missing my daughter. And now I, I could care of you. So I, I feel that this feeling, even if she's now a big girl, it was so good too. So I was proud too because she should manage everything about migration and changing the flights and taking care of the dog and all this paperwork. So she she did everything well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, okay, so Diana, you did study, well, you're, you're right now studying abroad, right? Um, with your daughter and your dog. Um, Jasmina, were you studying abroad alone? Like with a host family alone or? Great, your- great question. Yeah, in India, I, and I think in many other Fulbright countries too, they try to place you in a town with at least one other Fulbrighter. So in India, I was with one other Fulbrighter. She was a woman named Kate. She's now one of my best friends. In South Africa, I was with a host family. And in France, I was also with a host family. Okay, so you have all kinds of experience. That's great. And then, Jamie, you were studying abroad alone, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was alone. And I did, like, an individualized program because I went to, like, a really small college. So I I wanted to go on something where, like, no one from my school was going to be there. Like, I chose, you know, (laughs) to be completely alone. Okay, that's great. So we have different experience. I think this is amazing. It's going to be a meaningful conversation. Okay, so now next question. Oh, also, our audience, if you have any questions, you can put it in the chat. You can just uh, unmute yourself and ask a question. This can be more like a conversation. Um, okay, so next question. Were you, a- were you able to balance your experience abroad and your responsibilities or relationship with your family or partner? So either they were with you abroad or they were in the United, they were in the States how were you able to balance um, those responsibilities? Because I'm sure as Latinx, uh, we do have a lot of responsibilities with your family, right? Um, so how were you able to balance that? Or was it hard? Was it easy? Tell us a little bit more. Answer. I think that um, having your family with you it could be a little bit difficult because you cannot say like, oh, today I have a lot of homework, so I don't want to take care of you. <laughs> you should manage everything. Uh, and in my case, we were living alone for a long time. So uh, every time that we should go to live in another country, it's only the two of us or now the three of us. So... Um, I, I think there is not a, a real balance. Uh, all the time is, uh, yes, uh, now I, I am happy and then I am busy and sad and tired and, and then I'm, I be happy. I am happy again. So uh, sometimes I feel that there is not a balance. Um, it's a lot of effort. And I think that at the final, you, not at the final, but while the process is going, you can, have these moments of happiness that uh, make sense all the things that you are doing. So I always joke that I I, I cannot sleep well <laughs> since I, I became mother 
And I think that this was my <laughs> my way to balance the things because um, I need I need time to my daughter and I need time also to the dog to go with him to run, for example. So this is something that uh, helped me also to find the balance because sometimes we want to stay only studying and only in the university. But if you have to go to run with the dog, uh, you should leave everything that you are doing and go to run with the dog. And if your daughter is maybe sick and you cannot go to classes, you should say that I cannot go and it's for this reason and it's fine uh, because we have a life moreover than this uh, student life. So I think uh, when we appreciate that, this is the moment that you started to balance the things. But I, I, I think also that it's always like a big change. <laughs> so uh, there is some moments of balance and then you should learn how to manage all these uh, responsibilities and also not only because it's a responsibility because it's all also because you love your family so uh, yes I think this is uh, my experience definitely I think boundaries are important <laughs> now like I'm thinking like grad school it's just so hard to find in that balance sometimes with your responsibilities at school but also responsibilities with your family right and your friends and other relationships so thank you so much for sharing that that's a different perspective um jasmina or jamie whoever wants to share first yeah i'd, I'd love to say something so um i think when your family's not with you physically it's a it's a obviously not the same right so <laughs> um i think for me india for example is 10 and a half hours ahead of where my parents live So that was very difficult. And at the time while I was in India, you know, my friends from college had just dispersed all across the U.S. So I think I had a friend in like every U.S. time zone, at least one who I was like really wanting to be very intentional about staying in contact with over the year. Um, and I think I kind of had to find this balance for me where I was being intentional and like finding the time that works for them and works for me, but also not letting that keep me from fully experiencing what I was in India to experience and to do. So I think about like, you know, it kind of helped me that during the day, everybody I loved back home was asleep because I couldn't be on my phone texting my mom while I was also in class teaching, you know, because there just wasn't even a possibility. So I think for me, that helped a lot because sometimes I miss my family so much. I would have wanted to have done that, but I really appreciate having those, whether you have to create them yourselves or maybe, you know, you're in South or Central America and your family's in North America and you're on the same time zone and you have to really create those boundaries Thankfully, I didn't have to go through that. I had more of the struggle of being on different time zones, which I think really helped me a lot. Yes, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, when I was in Spain, it was six hours different. And I would wake up and like, okay, everyone's asleep. You know, let's get things done. And then I would go to bed and they were like, are you going to bed? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make it tomorrow. So yeah, it's just setting those boundaries is really important. And I mean, it can be challenging too, though. <laughs> Um, Jamie, do you have something to share with us? Yeah, I like totally echo what everyone said. Um, and it's hard to like that balance everyone's mentioning because you also want to be like 
creating and like nurturing those relationships with the people around you in this new environment. But then you, you know, you're kind of obligated to still check in with people back home. Um, and I will say there's like times where you like promise to call someone at a certain hour. And then by then it's like, wait, this person just invited me to this thing. And it's like a chance to meet someone. So it's like, I think I had to learn, okay, it's about using different methods. Like if I can't be on my phone and promise to be on my phone, then it's like when I find time that like, what I started doing is my parents became like my pen pals and I started writing letters to them. And like, you know, it was kind of like this old little thing, but it became just sort of like, you know, what Yasmina is saying, like, it feels more intentional that they know that you're thinking of them, but you just can't predict your availability all the time. Um, so I, I think just doing different things to sort of like sustain the relationship. Yes, definitely. So letters right how how else do you guys keep in contact with your family back home calling messages whatsapp right <laughs> i feel like everyone uses whatsapp whenever they're around <laughs> yes for me it was whatsapp sometimes you know i'd post pictures on instagram but they probably already heard of that adventure before i posted it so that was kind of like complimentary but pictures messages and then phone calls when possible but yeah, which I think is also funny, right? Because that's sort of how I watched my parents keep up with their parents while I was growing up. You know, a lot of a lot of people in the U.S. are like, no phones at the table. But I'm not going to tell my mom she can't have her phone if she's messaging her mom. You know, I think that that feel for me is like a very niche part of being somebody whose parents are immigrants and like who you're seeing have to make that balance throughout your life as well. Um, so, yeah, WhatsApp's a lifesaver and a, uh, is good for relationships. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Diana, do you have anything to add? Ah, yes, thank you. I think that um, it depends on your family, but sometimes for my family, for example, it's enough to have a photo. So if if they see us in a photo, like smiling, it's it's a, a whole letter for them. <laughs> and I think it's easy because we don't have enough time to send a, a lot of messages or have these long calls. Sometimes when when I am missing my mom, I do these long calls, but normally no. And I just take a picture in the day and say, and send that and I think this uh, this picture says more than a lot of words so yes pictures I think this is the advantage of uh, WhatsApp if you send a picture and they could ask and then you can listen the message after but at least a picture is a good way to say hello I am thinking about you yes that's so beautiful yeah I like this past summer I was in Spain for like six weeks um and I was in charge of 20 31 students um with another um, assistant but yeah I remember like I was always like so busy because they got sick so much so I was always at the hospital and then my mom be like why are you at the hospital and I was like oh because of my student I'm not sick don't worry mom and like I remember sending her pictures of everything like I go back to the whatsapp where you can see the pictures like all pictures I sent um so I really love really that and also like you know that feeling of like I'm here and I want you to see what I'm seeing like I wish you were here I wish you could experience this with me as first generations or as Latinx students you know like we're living experience that a lot of the time 
her parents were not able to experience. So I think it's it's a beautiful thing that we can just share that. And I'm sure her parents are, her family in general is really proud and happy to see that as well and to share that with us, right? Um, yeah, so do we have anything else to add about this before we move on to like another topic? Okay, so next question. What did you learn about yourself while while living abroad? So either being far away from your family or partner or being with them. What do you learn about yourself? So now we're going to make it more about ourselves instead of like our family. I like have such a small abroad experience compared to everyone. So I'm excited to hear like both of your responses because to me, it was just from like a scratch of the surface of being abroad, like once I was coming back home, I was like, oh my God, wow, I am like capable of so much more than I realized before this. You know, like you start off being pretty scared. And then when you end it, you're like, oh my God, go me. Like I like I can do this. Like, what's next? Where am I heading to next? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, go me. <laughs> Jamie, how long were you abroad? I was there for like eight months. So that's still a long time (laughs) yeah I mean it was my first time too so um that was kind of like the best part where were you in Spain what part of Spain I was in Murcia like right outside of Alicante thank you for sharing that okay so Jasmina or Diana what did you learn about yourself I'll say and this is very Fulbright specific um with Fulbright there they tend to be pretty strict by like how much time you're allowed to leave your country your host country for or like where you're allowed to go during your host country for example I was living in India I was really close to Lebanon where my grandma was living I wanted to go visit her for like a just like a few days um and I was told I couldn't because there wasn't a Fulbright office in Lebanon they're like who will take care of you and I was like, my grandma will take it. What a kind of question is that? So I think what I learned about myself um, after that process was like, I need, if I'm going to be going abroad again for a long term, I need to do it on my own terms. Now, granted, you're going to do something and you're going to have like things that you have to do and um, think, you know, reasons why you have to stay in your country when you have to. But I didn't love the fact that the people who sent me could determine if I could go see my grandma or not. So I think that's kind of what I learned in terms of what I need as a person. If I need to go see my my mom, if God forbid anything happened to my family and I need to go, I want to be able to go. So now, now when I look at things going forward, I, I really prioritize, you know, what kind of rights do I have as a participant in this program and what kind of rights can I exercise throughout my time abroad? Because I love being abroad. I love living in new cultures and doing new things. But I think by the end of it, it's not that cool to be that far away from your family and not be allowed to go back if or when you need to. That was kind of my big takeaway was like, this was awesome. Very grateful. Next time, perhaps different circumstances. Okay. Uh, um, I, I think that for me, uh, I discovered two things. The first one is that you can change yourself when you are abroad and be whatever you want to be and don't and nobody will know <laughs> what what was you before so i think this is so good because sometimes you made mistakes or maybe in my case i was so introvert 
So then uh, when I go abroad, I say, I said, like, I, I, I really have a lot of friends and do a lot of things with them. And I, I, I actually need that. And I, I became someone different and nobody knows. <laughs> so I think this is something that I, I discovered about me. And also I discovered that I could create a whole new life from scratch. And this includes to create um, a new family because your friends became your family. So, yes, build a new life alone by yourself. It's something big. And, yes, realize that you can do that. And, and yes, you can create a whole a new life uh, abroad. It's, it's a big challenge, but also it's something that uh, you can only discover when you are out of your comfort zone. So this is uh, two things that I discovered about me. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. Yes, um, I resonate a lot with that. I actually came from, I came to the United States from Mexico like 14 years, eight years ago when I was 14 years old. And then I study abroad. So, you know, that's like big changes. And so I was like, you can always create a community, a new family, a new life wherever you go. And I think that's like something beautiful, you know, like now, like I still have really great and close people in Mexico. Like I still go back and like my friends, like and family, of course, but like my friends are still my family and they're still around and they support me even if I'm in the United States, even in Spain, like my whole family still reach out, like, how are you doing? We miss you. Like whenever you come, let us know. Um, so, you know, it's just building those connections, um, with people all around the world. Um, and then now like in Georgia, like I live an hour away from my family, but still like, you know, building that connection here in Athens. And then now the next step, like, where do I want to go next? You know, and I think this studying abroad, like being abroad teach you that a lot. Like, you know, it's like, there's not limits. Like the war is the limit. Like there's really not limits. Like there's so many possibilities and you can go wherever you want. Um, and you can build a family, a community, whatever you end up. Right. So I think that's just something beautiful about it. Um, anyone wants to share anything else about Family, building relationships, connections. No. Okay. Um, next question. So in what ways did your relationship with your family change after you returned from your study abroad? Um, so you came back. I mean, of course, you were not the same person that left. How did that like affect your relationship with your family did anything change this is more like an open question so you can share whatever you want to share yeah I I can start to Jamie's point what she said earlier about like understanding her mom better because she was the same age as her when her mom left I felt that very deeply when I got home I I really felt like I understood my parents differently and I and not only that but I felt that much more appreciation for their sacrifice for having done what they did to leave their home countries. Um, and then on top of that, they themselves are from different cultures. I was super impressed that they were able to build a successful marriage, one being Arab, one being Latina. Like, I, I think it just, it just really showed me the intricacies of culture and, and really how much 
that can affect and and be part of relationships. So I think for me, a, a deeper appreciation for my parents, and I think we were we were just that much closer um, when I came back. Yeah, definitely. Just echoing everything that Yasmina said for sure. Like it's a different kind of appreciation, and even just like a deeper appreciation too. Because when I was in Spain, like people in Spain were like reacting to the fact that I was from the U.S. and like I'm still alive, <laughs> and so it's just kind of like crazy to think about like my parents being my age and coming to the U.S. that like people on the outside had this entire perception of and hey they did it and they assimilated and they like created a new life here and you kind of feel that when you go abroad like it's I don't know it's just a deeper kind of appreciation. I think that something in my case change is that I realized that the moment that we are living with our family just happened one time. And you will not have the same opportunity to share with them the things that you are sharing now if you are in your country. Because um, when you are abroad, uh, you, uh, you also think that maybe my parents are becoming older or they could be sick or something could happen. So all the moments that I shared before with them uh, were the moments that I could have in my heart. And yes, if, uh, if after this experience I come back to my home, I will enjoy all these moments knowing that this will not happen again. Maybe now my daughter is... It's, it's uh, bigger and she will go to university. So all the moments that she shared with my parents will not happen again. And all the moments that we share traveling, uh, it was only one time. So I think, um, yes, take the consciousness about the moments that you are sharing with your family change when you are. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely like being intentional intentional right um I do relate a lot with this like when I applied to Spain like to study abroad I was like oh I'm not gonna get it you know it was kind of like a, I'm gonna apply and see what happens and then I got it and I was like okay this is real like okay and you know it's just I felt jolt I feel like I can't leave my parents you know like they because I came here I came to the United States alone when I was 14 and then three years later, my parents came because they wanted to be with me. So I was like, I can't leave them again. You know, it was like that jolt of like, I can't, like they need me and I can't leave them. And like, I told my mom about it. And my mom was like, if I did a good job as a mom, you're going to fly because that is your life. And I want you to see you fly. And that just stuck to me. And since then, I'm like, okay, I have to keep flying because my mom told me, you know, and the fact that they were able to change their whole life to come here and be with me, that's just proof of their love and their support as parents, you know, and family that they just want us to keep doing more and more. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, um, Okay, so I think we have a question. So... Hi, it's in the chat, right? So, hi, what about going abroad with little kids? I have five and a nine-year boys. I'm considering applying to a Fulbright research this year. Any any advice on that field? So, anyone has anything to share? 
to answer this question? I think that I can. <laughs> I, I have a little bit more experience about that. <laughs> and the first thing that I want to say is that if you can go, take this opportunity. Um, because I, I feel that sometimes um, women don't get uh, the scholarship because they want to take care of the family and want to uh, remain this um, stability of living in your country. So I, I have a lot of women friends that never take a scholarship or think about study abroad because they're children. And if you can take this opportunity, go ahead. And this is the first thing that I want to say. And it sounds easy, uh, but it's not easy. And even if it's not easy, this experience that you will share with your children is something that will change their lives uh, forever. This, in, this will be a big change. So I think that there is something more important that you could give to your children, moreover the money or the stability, it's the experience and knowledge. And the experience of living abroad, it's so uh, good for children. When we were living in, in Costa Rica, we shared the, the, the same space with families from uh, Nepal, United States, Brazil, Mexico, a lot of countries. <laughs> and it was amazing to uh, see them uh, communicating, even if they speak different languages. I don't know how, but they mix Portuguese with Spanish, with English, with all the <laughs> languages that they managed. And they learned how to communicate. So this is something amazing because uh, my daughter learned how to understand other cultures and also um, how to love other people, even if they are not from the same culture and have other, um, yes, other background. And maybe the advice that I could give you to achieve this challenge is plan, do your plan. Um, and plan it um, at least with one year before because you need to have a real plan about how to bring your family with you. And, and yes, I am thinking to write about my experience because there is nothing, uh, there is not a lot of information how to do that. And yes, you should call to friends and ask from to people from your country or from Latin America who are living in this place. Yes, it's difficult to find information, but I think that if you make this dream into a plan, then you could manage that. And yes, it's it's like a business plan. <laughs> you should have your savings. Um, yes, all a lot of information 
it's it's a real plan. So this is something that I could say about that. And obviously, don't think that you will be alone because at the start, you, it's this is the most difficult part. But after, you will find friends and people who will take care of you as your family, as their family. So I think that all my friends are my family when I am living abroad because they support me like they were my sisters and brothers. So yes, you will not be alone. Mm -hmm. I'll just I'll just jump in. I know I don't have any specific experience, but I just want to note that every Fulbright country is very, very different. Um, maybe in terms of funding, it might be the same. I mean, that even changes, right? Depending on what country you are, how much money you get for yourself, for your dependent, things of that nature. But if you're, especially these people with these specific questions, I would look for somebody who went to the country that you're applying for, because that's going to give you specifics of like, where's the school that might give your kids continuity of education? Where's the country where you can live in the big city, but if your research is out somewhere else, you can access it easily. Um, when I was in India, there was a woman with her two kids. I think about her all the time. I think that's the coolest thing ever. If you can do it, take your kids and go. Um, but so they were living in Delhi because that's where the good education opportunities were for her kids and for her husband. And she took flights. You know, she used some of her Fulbright stipend to travel for her research. So just because you're doing research in a rural area doesn't mean your kids need to be there if they're looking for supports that can be accessed somewhere else. Um, so that's just my two cents, really check in with the office you're looking at. Yeah, and I'll just jump in here really quickly uh, to echo, like, thank you so much, Diana, for sharing your experience. I know that was, like, inspiring to me, and I don't have children. So, <laughs> um, And I totally agree with Yasmina. You have to definitely, like, check with your own, like, what countries you're thinking about going to, and you can even email their commissions beforehand um, if you want to get, like, more logistics and details. I also put in the chat, there is a Fulbright Families. They have an Instagram. They might have like a website and stuff too, but if you DM them on Instagram, their literal whole mission is they're an entire affinity group related to helping families go abroad through the Fulbright. And they will have people and connections that you can talk to specifically about Fulbright things. Um, I think there might be equivalents for other exchange programs if you're interested in those too, but we don't know about those yet. Um, if I find a list of resources, though, I'll definitely send them out. Thank you so much um, for everyone. I do not have kids either, so my experience was a little different. Um, but I do. I did apply for Fulbright last year before I started my master's. I was an alternative, so I didn't get it, but it's okay. So I do know about the process before Fulbright, but I really don't know the process after Fulbright. Um, but I do know someone to study like the Fulbright as well. So I can always give you those resources as well. Um, we do have another question. So from Rosa, right? Is there anything do you regret the most? while you are abroad and cannot ask, access your home culture, food, and extended family. So is there anything that you regret? Um, I'll say that I, I usually, I grew up visiting my family abroad in Lebanon and Colombia. So um, there are things that I could be, the, the comfort and the ease with which you can do things at home, I tend to miss. Like in India, I would say one day felt like 75. 
because I couldn't do things in my own language. I had to find somebody who has the vegetable that I need. Somebody who has everything is a conversation and nothing can just be done, at least not in the beginning. So what I miss the most while I'm abroad is, is the ease with which things can be done in a context that you're very familiar with. But again, that comes by the end of your time abroad. So that might be a moot point because I, I eventually got over that. Jamie, Diana, do you have anything? Um, I feel like, let's see, the things that I regretted the most, um, it's hard not to want to feel homesick, right? Like it's really hard not to want to sit in that. And there were definitely moments where I might have sat in it too long. And then I looked back and I was like, man, like I needed a better use of my time. Like when else was I going to be there? And so I think those are like the moments I regret the most. Um, but at the same time, those were the moments that were really important. Like once you break out of it, I mean, then it feels great. But I think, yeah, if anything, I like regret, I regret wasting my time, um, feeling a little too homesick at the beginning, but, um, things I miss the most, I, I think at the end of the day, just like certain people, but, um, but I can't think anything that I was like, oof, I can't, you know, do like do without this. I think the only thing was like I missed the ocean sometimes and like I would be in different geographical locations where like it looks so different than, you know, the land I was used to back home. But other than that, like I think like it was all around a really good experience. Um, I just wish at the beginning I, you know, would have opened myself up a little faster. Um, I think that... <laughs> For me, <laughs> uh, this is something related with Latin American people because a lot of us share the same uh, feeling about food. <laughs> so um, even if I, we were living in Costa Rica, the food is so different and they have uh, other culture about buying fruits or vegetables. So, yes, I think that I, we missed a lot of food and the access to the food. So uh, here in the United States, it's difficult to have all this variety uh, that we could find in Latin America, especially fruits and vegetables, fresh fruits and vegetables. I think this is something difficult and... Yes, I, I, and we normally miss that, but I think this is part of, of our resilience, how to learn to cook the things that you can find in the, in this new place. And also because of that, nowadays we love, uh, gallo pinto, <laughs> which is rice and beans from Costa Rica, for example. And before of that, we used to say like, this is, rice and beans is so common. But now when we have the chance to eat rice and beans from Costa Rica, it's different and we could enjoy the flavor. But at the start, it was a little bit difficult. And also here in the United States, I think it's, it's, it's not the same taste about food. So yeah, sometimes I miss my my food from Ecuador and it depends the place where where you living uh, as um, Jamie said so if you live close to uh, to the ocean you have fresh 
uh, fish. <laughs> so, for example, this is something difficult to uh, don't miss. So, yes, and maybe this is uh, my experience uh, missing Latin American food. <laughs> yes, I think I can relate a lot with that, but with spicy food. Like Spain doesn't eat any spicy food and I was struggling. Um, <laughs> I want to say something more. Maybe it's not only the food, it's your mommy's food. So <laughs> when you come back to home and your mom made uh, a simple soap, you feel that like a goddess food. <laughs> it has another flavor. And if you had the chance to eat something made from your mom, it's it's amazing. So I think it's it's also about that. <laughs> yes, I completely agree with that. <laughs> like I remember my mom sending a picture of whatever she was making for my, my dad and my sister. And I was like, don't do that to me. <laughs> and they're like, well, you're in Spain. And I was like, yeah, but still. <laughs> um Okay, so thank you so much for sharing. And then, Jamie, I do agree with you. <laughs> the food is good, though. Spain has really good food, though. It's healthier than Mexican food, at least, in my experience. But I just, I love my tortillas. <laughs> um, okay, so um, maybe one of our last questions. Um, and I know, like, Jasmine, now you have to leave. So do you, I can let you answer this one first. Um, so what is one piece of advice you will give someone who is hoping to bring their family partner or or even just studying abroad like what is the best piece of advice you can give someone um I think I put in the I think just do it mm -hmm. um you know the life that you have here it will be here when you get back um I think going abroad and and prioritizing that in your life whether it's just for you for your family I, somebody mentioned in the chat that they're applying for a PhD. I'm applying for my PhD and I have every intention of doing my research abroad. And if I have a family, then taking them with me. Um, so I, I think it's worth it. It's that you can't calculate. It's, it's not something that you, it's not tangible. You can't like calculate it. But um, I think at the end of the day, what you get from being in a different place, from kind of feeling like you're in the minority or that you're, that you're different, that you're an outsider. When you come back, you become a better student, a better parent, a better child, it makes you better in so many different ways. And it makes you so much more empathetic and, uh, and really open to others. So I think prioritize it, do it. And one year is not that long. Um, it can feel like it when you're on the plane over, but before you know it, you're on the plane back. So I would say just do it. <laughs> Same. I'm going to echo that because I, I don't have children, but as a former child, I will just say like, do it. Even if your kids beg you not to do it, it like pays off in ways that they just won't even understand. Like they're going to grow up and realize that they're the coolest kids in the room because they have this other level of intercultural understanding that, you know, no one else has as much access to. So it just, it pays off like socially, it pays off academically and just in the job market and everything with their career moving forward. Like if you have the opportunity to give that kind of experience to your kids, like do it big time. I'm going to answer Vanessa's Masia's question and saying that um, it's difficult to go abroad with uh, your children alone, but if you have a partner, you have at least 
50% uh, salt. <laughs> so I think that if you can go with your spouse or husband, do it because it will be a good moment. And uh, for example, I help you to uh, do the paperwork to have a type of visa that allow your partner to work. And for example, my daughter can also work because she's now uh, 18. So uh, we were saying that, okay, in back on vacation, we should, uh, no way, she, she gonna, she's gonna work. And, and yes, there is a lot of possibilities that help you to go abroad. And yes, the, the, I think the advice is um, maybe um, if you are thinking a lot, I should do that or not, I can, I can do or not, uh, you will lose your time. So it's better to start now. And imagine that your um, daughter or, yes, your daughter is now 18 uh, months. And if you apply to a scholarship, maybe this scholarship will be next year when your daughter is almost three years old. So it's a, it's a good age. And if you are waiting and waiting, the time pass and there is not a perfect moment. The perfect moment is when you want to do that and you have the decide to fight for this opportunity. So just take the moment now and just start to plan. Thank you so much, Diana. Thank you so much, Jasmina, and then Jamie to sharing. I think it was a meaningful conversation. And now I'm going to pass it to, to Jan. Um, but thank you so much for sharing everything. It was, it was great to be here. And with that, we have our fourth episode of Estamos Juntos or Estamos Juntos. For all those families out there, we hope that this was helpful to you. And please do reach out to us if you want to be in contact with the panelists. Until next time. Hasta luego, até ya. This panel was moderated by Jimena Luna. And this episode was edited by Madeline Santizo and Genesis Garcia. The song you're listening to is Vamos a Tocar Sonero by Frank Guerrero y su grupo Ashe.